Just come in, join us. We're starting the show. All right, welcome everybody. So you know how modern dating is a dumpster fire and there is a toxic stereotype that educated professional women of color are not marriage material? Well, I'm the one they call when they want to stop internalizing the racism and misogyny and actually get their gloat, their greatest love of all time. Hey, sweet babies, I'm Candace, and let me tell you, I've been where you are for years. I was unclear about my love life and trying to achieve society's idea of a romantic relationship. My families, the churches, the millions of romance novels that I read throughout high school, none of which got me anywhere but unhappy with my love life. So basically, it took abuse, grief, homelessness for me to learn how to let go of control and be guided to transform my love life. I broke free from those struggle love cycles and created a love life that I love, that loves me back. I got my gloat, my greatest love of all time, and now I am here to guide you to do the same. So I want you to join me on this journey from feeling disappointed in your relationship history to madly in love, from broken and guarded to whole and happy. I'm here every week, sometimes like today, with amazing guests. But I don't want you to just watch and listen. I want you to comment, engage, and be a part of the conversation. We are here. We talk a lot. You got to get in where you fit in. Let's get started. I'm so excited about my guest today. Her name's Kieran Bassoon. I call her Chef Key. I, I think a lot of people call her Chef Key. You can call her Chef Key. And she is a distinguished anti-inflammatory gut health and immune supportive food specialist and stands as a multiple award-winning Ayurvedic chef and nutritionist ready to empower individuals on a transformative journey towards holistic well-being. Having courageously battled depression, anxiety, chronic illnesses, pain, digestive issues, and autoimmune disorders in her own life, Kieran empathetically understands the struggle for answers and the quest for a healthier life. Fueled by a relentless determination, she discovered the transformative wisdom of Ayurvedic food and nutrition and the healing potential of a balanced gut. Drawing from profound personal experience and extensive education, Kieran has become a beacon of hope for those seeking to free themselves of the trappings of their past and step into the present as the champion that they are. And today we're talking about eating your way to a healthy relationship. Let me bring Chef Key up. All right, my love, let me unmute you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Candice. I am very excited to be part of your podcast today. Honored and blessed and to uh, to be able to share whatever I have been the, the, the keeper of, the knowledge that I am keeper of, because I know that I, this is not my knowledge. I just get to hold it and share it. So you are a you vessel, a vessel of healing, my love. That's right. <laughs> I thank you for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you because, you know, like we were saying earlier, we were having, you know, pre-show chit chat. And my personal experience with food has been dysfunctional for most of my adult life. And I feel like there's something about, you know, I know that you're in Canada now, right? Yes. You know, I'm definitely here in the U.S. I can't speak for Canada, but I do feel like it's somewhat of a Northern American thing because we were talking about processed foods and, you know, foods that are available to us. And, you know, I, and I think that it's such a common thing that because of a lot of the foods that are available to us, we end up with food dysfunction, whether it's around weight or sicknesses and things like that. Would you agree with that? I agree 100%. If we look back real quick, you just think about how your grandmother grew up. There was no convenience food then. Yeah. It was you eat what you grow. 
Yeah. You eat what you farm. And so their mental health and, and, and the level of activity, your grandmother wasn't going to no gym, right? But <laughs> she, she, was, she was working. <laughs> there was constant movement that yeah. way. So our generation, however, has, uh, has been born and bred in the land of convenience. Um, and that means convenience in food, convenience in, uh, in, in lack of mobility, because we're not having to forage, yeah. farm and do everything for ourselves. We have other ways of, of living and earning money now. And that unfortunately in North America has had a major impact, as you say, on our relationship with food and everything around. As, as soon as you have an, an ill relationship with food, you got an ill relationship with everything. Yeah. It is the fuel. Yeah. It is what the body needs to feel good, to do well. I was just telling my class just before this, I have a, I have a private membership group called Feed Your Joy. So I teach in that group every, every week. And I was just saying to them, remember that your body is your closest and best partner in life. Yeah. It is always, it has one job. The body was given one job. It is the most miraculous machine on the planet. There is nothing Nothing man has ever made is like the human body. It is phenomenal. Yeah. And it is the most healing, self-healing machine. Its job, its one job is to support you for the number of breaths that you are supposed to spend on this earth. However mm -hmm. many breaths you've been given, it knows instinctively, I'm supposed to last until that last breath. Mm. So when it is in balance, Everything feels good mentally, physically, everything, your joy is pouring out and everything in life is going well. Yeah. But the minute something goes out of balance, then it's like a ripple effect. Yeah. Everything starts to kind of tweak and twerk in a way that's not beneficial to you. Mm -hmm. So I've had, because I specialize in diabetes and cancer, Alzheimer's and, um, and heart health and gut health, obviously. Um, I have a lot of clients coming to me saying, that my, why does my body hate me? Mm. Never hate I know me. that feeling. I know that feeling. Right. What I've said it myself. Why right? do you hate me so much? I've done so much for you, but you haven't. Yeah. It is reacting to what you started up here. And then you sent the message to your gut and it manufactured, um, it manifested a, a, an emotion that created a feeling that found a weak spot in your, in your genetics, woke up that genetic or, created it, amplified that weak spot. And now you feel sick. Well, yeah. who started it? Yeah. You started it up here. Yeah. So what's, what's your body is always is, working with, with you, not against you. I agree with that. Like that's something that I had to learn that, that your body's working with you. But I think also in what you're saying, it starts up here, but also I think we're, we're sold such a bill of goods around what actually will help us with with up here like you know what are the things that we're supposed to be putting in it so that it it will do well like i think you know i don't know in 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 the us there's a lot of things that are sold as like health foods and good for you <laughs> and they're just not and they're so <laughs> not i saw a meme a couple years ago that went around uh on instagram saying if it if it comes from a plant eat it if it was made in a plant, leave it. <laughs> that was so simple, right? right? You just sing that little rhyme to yourself. Yeah. If it comes in a box, 
in the frozen section or in the aisles of your grocery, you got to think, I had a partner of mine say to me um, one day, you really got to think, what are they putting in that box of food that allows it to stay on the shelf for three months at a time? Right. Whereas if you had a whole foods version of that food within 24 hours, it's no, it's no good if you leave it out. Yeah. Right. So, um, convenience foods, I'm not against them. Let me tell you, I'm a chef. So I cook for most of my life and it's exhausting. So, and I also have nerve damage running up and down on the right side of my body from my neck Mm -hmm. to my fingertips. So my version of convenience food is paying because I, because I can afford it. It's within my budget. I make it within my budget to have somebody else cut up the vegetables for me. Whether that's pre-cut vegetables, whether it's frozen vegetables, whatever I need to do so I am not standing there chopping because it is detrimental to my physical health, which then becomes detrimental to my mental health, which then affects how I show up in the world. Yeah. But boxed foods. Sure. If I if I if I feel like buying it, I was um, I was saying to one of my students earlier, my mom's not feeling well right now because she's having some dental problems. And so she bought, she always makes all her food. My mother is the most fussiest person when it comes to food on the planet. Only like a very small amount of types of food and only if she cooks it. God help me, the chef, if I decide to cook it for her. No, 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 you don't know how to make it. Mm. Okay, I just have hundreds of people, That's but that's okay. So, um, so, but she, right, she went to the grocery the other day and she bought... Um, you know, like those cup of noodles soups uh-huh. that have no nutritional value nothing. Like literally it's nothing. <laughs> no redeeming. <laughs> nothing. If anything, it's detrimental. And she showed it to me. She said, this is all I could eat right now because I'm in so much pain. And of course my heart went out to her because she's in physical pain. Yeah. And I said, okay, mom, but can you please just throw some frozen vegetables in there? Because there's nothing in that. Yeah. If anything, it's destroying your gut health. So can you please, this is a convenience food because you have no time, no energy and no mental capacity to make anything. I understand that, but can you throw something in it that's real? Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to have a convenience food because you're, this is what your budget says, that's fine. If you're going to have a convenience food because you haven't made at the moment, there's not time that you could see in your day to do better. That's fine. But find a way to get some real food in you. Because the problem with the convenience foods, and I'm talking about convenience foods that come in a box, whether it's in the aisles of your grocery or in the aisles of your freezer section, the problem with that is for them to become shelf stable. They have to be filled with preservatives and additives for their life, for the length of time they need to stay on those shelves. Mm. Unfortunately, your body only responds to real food because Mm. it's from the earth. It's made of the five elements. So it responds to other things that are made of the five elements. And Mm. then it supports you that way. When you bring in synthetic fibers, synthetic foods, things that are unfamiliar to nature, remember we are of nature. Yeah. There's very little that's different between me, the dog outside and the blade of grass. Yeah. Outside of my mental capacity to think for myself. There's very little difference otherwise. We are of nature. So our body responds to things that are of nature. Things that have been taken from nature 
and twisted and turned and tweaked and processed that no longer look like what it started with from the farm, that's your body then responds negatively to it because it is unfamiliar. It's like, I, it says, I don't compute. Yeah. And so you do like that chronically and consistently, consistently. Now you're looking for trouble. Mm, yeah. So now is that the basic principle of Ayurveda? Like, can you give us sort of like a, a 101 of, you know, is, is it about the live foods? Is it, is it about eating from nature? Like, what is the, the whole concept of it? Sure, sure, sure. Let me give you just a brief definition of what it is, because Ayurveda, even though it's been around for over 10,000 years, used constantly and consistently for those 10,000 years, it is new to North America. Yeah. So Ayurveda, Ayur means life, Veda or Ved means knowledge. So it is the science of life. Yeah. And Ayurveda in treats the or heals it's its main objective revolves around digestion mm. so ayurveda says that digestion controls absolutely everything you are what you digest not what you eat those are two different things mm. and everything you think you say you do you take in through your senses will impact that digestion and because nutrients that are absorbed by the body comes from the process of digestion. If that process is out of balance, then you are now affecting everything on a cellular level. And remember the brain and the mind, the brain contains the mind that is connected through your vagus system into the gut. Where do we hold anxiety? In our gut. Where does digestion take place? In the gut. Yeah. So, Everything about Ayurveda is about the mind, body, and spirit as one cohesive unit, whereas allopathic or Western medicine is based on the sum of your parts. So you have a cardiologist you got to see, you have a gastroenterologist you got to see, you have a neurosurgeon that you have to see, and all of that is necessary. Let me not un understate how necessary that is in life. Yeah. If somebody breaks their arm, there's no broccoli that's going to save you there. You've got to go and see a bone specialist or somebody, mm -hmm. a, a surgeon who's going to put you back together. Yeah. But with regards to metabolic health, that all starts from your mental health that then takes, uh, gets involved with your digestion based on the foods that you're fueling yourself with. And as I said, Ayurveda looks at the human or the, the, the entity as one cohesive unit, because we are mind, body, and spirit. We are all of these things. So what happens, what's happening in, uh, what's happening, for example, in my liver is affecting every other part of my body in mm -hmm. every way, shape, and form. Maybe in a smaller, how it's affecting my feet may not be as prevalent as how it's affecting my, 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 my hands, but it's still happening. Mm -hmm. So healing, in Ayurveda is a cohesive whole mind, body, spirit way of looking at the, the human and of healing. Yeah, I love that. Because I always talk about the importance of just holistic thinking when it comes to everything, right? Like that, you know, everything affects everything just in our universe. And so, you know, I, I feel like that's such an important way to look at um, overall health, but also, you know, when we want to transform and change our bodies or when we want to just support it with its health. 
And one thing I have found is that when I'm, you know, in a bad eating cycle or addictive eating or what it affects everything, like my brain can't function, you know, it gets foggy. I get like, uh, the older I get, the more I get like circulation problems, you know, and this comes from just not like, I haven't eaten any vegetables in a while or something like that, or I'm eating too much sugar. Like, I feel like it is a really um, uh, important component to think of it as a, as a whole. Now, with that said, I find for myself and other people that I talk to around, you know, food issues, diet issues, things like that, you know, when we get into a cycle of, I know for myself, when I'm in a cycle of I'm not eating well, like recently we just had Thanksgiving and over Thanksgiving, I, the food tasted good. It tasted great. And it was well-made, you know, you know, my uh, partner's family, they make great, they're great cooks, but you know, it's, it's traditional American Thanksgiving where it's carb loaded and, you know, the meats are salty. It's like, there's a, there's a traditional way of eating for, you know, Thanksgiving and indigenous people's day that is not long-term healthy. And I find that when I go into a cycle of where I'm eating that sort of thing, then I want more of it. And if I overindulge and I'm eating a lot of sugars, I get to a place where it has affected my mental so much that, you know, depression sets in, anxiety sets in, and it's even harder to get out of that. Is there a way through Ayurveda that, that, you can get out of that kind of cycle and and you know what is it in particular that you have to consume like you know how do you counter it how do you get out of that place when you're in that place of oh i ate too much of the wrong thing well let's let's break it down a little bit let's remember that there are no bad foods okay. food just is yeah there's nothing good there's nothing bad it just exists because what works for me may not work for you but that doesn't mean that my food is good and your food is bad. Gotcha. Um, so I definitely want to erase that stigma because in the I've come from the dieting world. I've been struggling with my weight my entire life. I've been on every diet you could possibly ever think about and unsuccessfully. So until I discovered Ayurveda and now I am actually the partner of in a in a in a company called the P3 Weight Loss Experience. It's a weight loss wellness program that I, I co-created. Um to enable both wellness and weight loss. But anyways, I come from the, the industry of, do you really think you should be eating that? Mm, yes. <laughs> and then the shame. Same. Same. Yeah. Like, wh Why do you need to tell me you don't think I can see the obvious? I got two eyes, <laughs> right? but you don't need, you don't know what's happening in my mind that I mm. need. I maybe need that in the moment. So, and I'm not, not, I'm not excusing the behaviors. I love Thanksgiving and Christmas. Let me tell you, on those two days of the year, do not talk to me about healthy foods, <laughs> green this and that. I don't want to hear about it because I am so good and on point about my food. Let's call it 90% of the time. If I want to indulge in some mashed potatoes that is full of butter and cream, leave me the F alone because I will be better. The next day, I'm telling you, my body will respond and say, um we weren't really good with what you gave us. So I'm going to send you over to the toilet for a few hours yeah. and you're going to feel real bad. And then I'm going to say, you're right. I'm not doing this again until next year. Yeah. Um, so enjoy. My point about saying that is to enjoy your cultures and trad traditions. Mm -hmm. But remember, it is not Thanksgiving every day. Yeah. It is one day yeah. for the year, maybe two because you have some leftovers. 
But then you need to, are you, you got to think to yourself, are you playing the long game mm. or the short game? Mm. I always ask my, my new clients or I tell people when I'm teaching, I am only interested in working with people who are playing the long game and who want to do better for themselves. Don't come to me if you're just asking me random questions. You're not going to do anything about it because I am not going to participate. If, if, if living a strong, independent life is part of your goal, because it's not everybody's. There are, there are millions of people who are very content to eat as they're eating, pop some pills, land up in the hospital and die. Yeah. That's their choice. Lots of people, millions and millions do that. Millions. <laughs> that, those are not my people. Yeah. My people are, I made a commitment to my family and myself and my friends and those who depend on me to be as strong and independent as, as for as long as I possibly can and as pain-free and medicine, medicine-free for as long as possible. That's yeah. me playing the long game. So great. So I had my Thanksgiving dinner. I indulged. I loved it. We have some leftovers. I'm going to have some tonight too. But if I eat like this consistently for the next few weeks, is that contributing to my joy? Is that feeding mm. my long-term joy or is it hindering it? Yeah. And I, th- I tell myself that all, I have that conversation with myself all the time. Yeah. No, you know what? I love mashed potatoes. I, I love potatoes. I'll eat potatoes every day if you give me a chance. There's nothing wrong with potatoes. But yeah. how can I enjoy my potato have that satisfaction, but have it feed my long-term joy. Well, I won't slather it in butter and cream and cheese because then it makes the potato um, a hindrance to my health. I could keep the potato. I could I could uh, boil it in stock. Mm-hmm. I could add herbs and spices to it. And maybe if I need to have a bit of a creaminess to it, then I could use a little bit of plant-based milk just to add a little lift and, light, and lightness to it. So then I still have the potato. The potato still gives me all the benefits and I can have it long-term and it won't have any ill effects on my health. Mm. So for me, it's really, especially being a woman of color, it's incredibly important. I don't know for you, Candace, coming from the diet world the same way as me, but there was no diet out there that satisfied my cultural needs in any way, shape or form. And if anything, they were shunning our food. Yeah. And I would always say, um, have you looked at my ancestors? There's some of the <laughs> people on the planet. Yeah. The longest living people on the planet are my ancestors. So there yeah. can't be anything wrong with my food. But maybe in this idea of North American convenience, how we have been preparing them mm. is no longer serving our long-term joy. And maybe we need to not remove those foods, but look at how we're, are, we are preparing it. Are we using... The majority of the ingredients, are they actually whole foods the way nature made it? Yeah. Or have they been seasoned and salted and fried in ways that no longer is supporting the way, as I said, nature intended for those foods to be? Yeah. So what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that a lot of it is just being willing to uh make small adjustments as you're, I mean, I'm hearing a couple things. So I'm hearing, first of all, taking the shame out of it. Like I, I indulged in those foods, whatever. So now if I continue to want them, which is 
my experience. Like once I've had them, I'm like, it's like crack to me. Because you know? they're addictive. They're so addictive. <laughs> that for a second. Let's not, like, I meant to come back to that, but as I said, menopause brain is killing me right now. <laughs> um, the, the problem with those foods is they are naturally addictive. Yeah. For example, anything that is based in cow's milk is a, has a natural heroin effect of addiction to our brain. The receptors of casein, which comes in every product that has been made from cow's milk. So that could be like butter, sour cream, cheese, cheese, especially because it's concentrated. Yeah. The receptors of the casein sit in the receptors in our brain that light up um, in the form of addiction like heroin. Mm. So it is it is naturally addictive food. Yeah. Fried foods have the same reaction. Salty foods, the same reaction. So it's not that you've done badly. It's that when you alter the foods in these ways, this is the way your body responds to it because they are unnatural yeah. for your body. So once you start, once you once you start on that role of eating foods that are addictive to you, it is super hard to break it because you're now disrupting that balance of gut flora, the your gut microbiome. There's mm -hmm. good bacteria and bad bacteria. And the foods that um, are deep fried, are slathered in grease in whatever form, whether it's lard or butter or margarine or shortening or whatever it may be, as, as, and uh, meats that are filled with uh, saturated fat. So let's say meat from a cow or a pig for, or a lamb, like red meat, as compared to turkey or fish or salmon or, or shrimps or something that has much less saturated fat. When you combine all these foods together, you are increasing the bad bacteria and mm. decreasing the good bacteria. So what's going to happen, these guys like chaos yeah. and mayhem. And unfortunately, your metabolism and your choices that you make in life with your brain, with your mind, are all a majority of them are made in the gut. Yeah. And they, these bad guys, are gonna say, "Oh, we really like the taste of that fried chicken. Like, why yeah. should we eat um, broiled chicken when we could have that crunchy goodness?" Send yeah. a message to Key's brain that this is what you want. Now, all of a sudden, you think you're having an original thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love KFC. Let's have that. You ain't have no original thought. That's the gut, the guys in the gut saying, we want more of this because there are more of these guys and less of the good guys. Mm. The problem with that is that when the bad guys get control, they start poking holes in that very, very fine wall that's between the gut on one side and your immune system on the other side. There's a very fine wall that's only one hair thick that separates your gut from your, your immune system. Mm -hmm. And those guys start po poking holes in there. And then you all of a sudden have something called leaky gut, or all of a sudden you have an allergy or a reaction. Why? Because bacteria that's supposed to stay on this side of the wall got over here. Wow. So like if you're someone, let's say a lifelong meat eater, and you eat a lot of meats, especially the red meats in particular, It because I'm, I'm speaking about my partner. He probably doesn't want me to tell that. But he's also someone who has high level allergies, like really strong allergy symptoms. Because he's not eating foods that have anti-inflammatory properties, which happen to be whole plant-based foods. Mm. So one of the things that Ayurveda says and that I've said and everybody who um, in our P3 weight loss experience, what we teach 
eat 80% whole plant-based foods. 80%. 80%. So you look at your plate and divide it into four. Yeah. Three of those quarters have to contain foods that grew out of the ground, rice or whole grain, um, starch, potato, sweet potato, beets, rutabaga, whatever, um, and non-starchy vegetables, a whole host of them. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter what color, doesn't matter what taste, broccoli, eggplant, Green mushrooms, beans. peppers, do yeah. it up. Yeah. And you don't have to eat it. We The way we grew up in North America, um, you have you have your meat, then you have a pile of beans, and you have some peas, and you have some carrots. Yeah. That is not how the rest of the world eats no. at all. <laughs> and we happen to be the most unhealthy group of the, the most unhealthy population on the planet. We used to eat by color. I have to say my mom, she she definitely was around foods being whole. She didn't like buying processed food, but we would have to do it by color. So you needed something green, something orange and something brown. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's there's a whole movement of eat the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. so the way Indians eat, we mix it all up in there. Or like Mexicans, yeah. you know, you want to have a burrito? Great. If you don't want to have a bean and rice burrito, no problem. Get the chicken or the turkey or whatever the, the meat layer is, and then pile, then have some rice, then put some beans, then put some vegetables. Mix it all up. This yeah. nonsense of eating a pile of this and a pile of this and a pile of this, that's what causes people to hate vegetables in the first place. <laughs> It's you want true. to improve your relationship with food by thinking to yourself, this is self-love. You want mm. to know what self-love is? It's feeding yourself mm. and feeding yourself the foods that are going to support your long-term joy, if that's your goal. Yeah. Feeding yeah. yourself the foods that will support your goal. If your goal is to be around to watch your granddaughter walk down the aisle, you got to eat like that most of the time. Yeah. What is most of the time? 80% of the time. Yeah. If you have 12 months to eat well, or let's say, let's break it down further. Let's say you've got 20, you have 21 meals that you could have in a week, right? We've got seven days a week, three meals a day, if you're eating three meals. Mm -hmm. We'll just use that number because I'm not good at math. Mm -hmm. So we can easily say that 80% of those meals, so there's easily two days let's say two full days where you don't even have to eat well. Yeah. If life, if, if your life is going in such a way that it's not convenient for you to feed your joy with all the foods, the whole plant, the whole whole foods, mm -hmm. then give yourself some grace. Okay. Well, these two days, I can't cut it. I just can't do it, but it's okay. Yeah. I still have five other days to show up for myself. Yeah. For example, for me as a chef, um, I own a meal delivery service in Toronto and I am on those four days that I'm cooking Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't eat well at all. Mm. It's really bad. Yeah. So I know I got to start my, and, and I know this is going to happen because I'm standing in the kitchen for 15 to 16 hours. There is no time for a, a, a lengthy half an hour break. That just mm -hmm. doesn't happen in a kitchen, but I know that I can have my lemon water in the morning. I can have my greens supportive juice with some beets, uh, some beet crystals in it. I know that I can take my vitamins. I know that if I need, I can have a, a plant-based protein shake to keep me going. And wherever I could slip in some good food that day, I'll do it. But then I have the other days of the week 
from Wednesday afternoon on to make up for all the bad things that it did the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah. 80-20 balance, right? So you give yourself some grace, you make some room for life, but your focus is when you look at the plate, how is it, how is this plate feeding my joy? Is it? No, because it's burgers and fries. Hmm. Well, I love burgers and fries. It's one of my most favorite meals. Okay, I'll get an air fryer. Hmm. I'll cut the potatoes myself and I'll make the French fries myself so that I still get to have the great potato and I just do away with the carcinogenic uh, oils. I love a good burger, plant-based, because I am plant-based. Great. Well, uh, instead of getting a a burger from McDonald's, I'll get a good uh, grain and soy-based burger and then I can control all the condiments myself. So if Hmm. I don't want to put mayonnaise because it's a saturated fat, I'll put hummus instead. Awesome. I'll put a good fat on there. I'll put some avocado on there because I'm in control. Yeah. Eating and going back to what you were saying about when you're not in a good headspace. The other day, uh, my team and I, we were talking about, we did a session on binging and binging and overeating. That comes from a lack of control. Mm. Binge and we overeat because there's an aspect of our life that is where we are not in control. Yeah. But eating is the one thing in life that is guaranteed you are in full control of that. Yeah. But are you, according to Ayurveda, are you in the awareness? Are you eating with conscious awareness or are you eating with habit? Hmm. I hate that word habit because habit means that you are doing something subconsciously without thinking you're on autopilot. Ayurveda speaks of routine. It's doing the same thing that you would do with a habit, but now you're consciously involved in yeah. the process. When you're brushing your teeth, you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth. That's a habit. Yeah. If you're doing it ayurvedically, you're thinking about the upstrokes, the downstrokes, the round and round, back and forth, and all. You're in the process in the moment because mm-hmm. the only thing that exists is this present moment. Yeah. Nothing else that came before exists anymore. It's gone. Nothing else exists because we don't know if we're going to be alive for another five minutes. Yeah. So the only thing that exists is right now. So be consciously participating in what you are doing that enables mind, body, spirit healing. Yeah. I love that because I I think it's also the way that you can practice, you know, when you want to have presence in your interactions, right? So if I'm present with myself, present with everything that I'm doing, it actually has me practicing that muscle of being able to do that now in what you were saying, so so just so you know, I can make sure people can take this away. What I'm hearing is that it it's taking it out. Of, that's my dog in the background. Taking it out of diet mentality, which is something that I, I had for a long time, is that it's not about the restriction. That it's more about creating the balance. You said 80% uh, plant based. And that it's more about um, uh, giving yourself a lot of grace around the things that you want, the things that you'd like to eat. And you and I were talking when we first talked about intuitive eating. It sounds like, you know, that's the direction that you're going in as well. That comes now, from Ayurveda. That comes, does it? Yeah. That they makes sense. an English word on it, but that's what it is. It comes yeah. From- I mean, that makes sense. Based on everything that you've said, it makes sense that that's, that's where that would have come from. Um But I think what comes up for me around it, because as you're talking, I can think of so many times where when I did let myself naturally uh, eat what I what my body wanted or if I let myself just naturally, which was probably about a 10 percent out of my (laughs) how many decades of adulthood where I just allowed that, except, you know, except for recently, I've gotten a little better around it. 
a lot of what you're saying is what I naturally did, right? Like I gravitate towards vegetables. I gravitate towards, uh, you know, creating uh, foods that have healthy substitutions that aren't, you know, manufactured substitutions, like you said about using hummus instead of mayonnaise and things like that. That's something that I tend to naturally do when I allow myself to naturally do it. But with the diet mentality stuff, it's like, you know, shaking out of that, that idea of restriction, first of all, I, I feel like is a battle. And also what you mentioned about uh, the feeling of being out of control. Like I noticed that, I, and it's hard to tell which came first, the chicken or the egg. If I feel like, you know, in my business, if I haven't done enough or I'm behind in my to-do list or I'm not meeting my goals, there's that sense of like out of control, out of control. And then it becomes, there's a food issue as well. And I don't know what happens first. And so part of it is uh, having some kind of understanding of how to get into that natural Ayurvedic state, because I know that it exists. I know that it's there. But what I struggle with is, okay, but like you're stressed about this. And so you're eating this, this pizza instead of, you know, what you. Because that's how you learned how to regulate your emotions. That's how I learned how to regulate my emotions. Some people do it through sex. Some do it for through alcohol, some do it through drugs, whatever. Everybody has a different way of learning how to regulate their emotions. And those of us who come from the the constant cycle of the diet world come, you regulate our emotions through food. And it is a cycle because you, you don't, you putting all these pressures on yourself to achieve a certain goal, not giving yourself any credit for anything you've already done that led up to this ability to achieve this goal. And then you choose a food that's going to serve the need of, I feel underappreciated by who? By yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I feel, I need to feel good. I need to feel safe. I need to feel secure. What am I going to choose? How many of us are going to choose steamed broccoli? None. (laughs) <laughs> How many of us are going to choose my, my personal weekend weakness is French fries. Yeah. Other people it's potato chips or chocolate or whatever. All yeah. of these foods have been, we've been conditioned over our decades to, to indicate safety because that's mm-hmm. what it really comes down to. Yeah. I don't, I'm out. Of, I feel out of control because there's a lack of safety and I don't mean safety in the form of somebody's going to harm me. Safety can mean a many, many things sure. to the mind based on your past experiences. Like your own fears, right? Like your, how you're responding to you, whatever your fear might exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So that's the time when you want to just stop, just stop for a second, take a breath, take five, yeah. take five deep yogic, deep, uh, deep belly yogic breaths. You have the control to do it. You don't have to reach for that food that you know is not going to support you. You don't have to do that first. You could just, with conscious awareness, take some deep belly breaths. Yeah. And deep belly breaths mean that your shoulders don't move. You're, you breathe out from your bowels and your stomach. And you, and you could tell yourself, the way I teach it, the way I was taught in Ayurveda and yoga, is you talk yourself through it. You put your hands on your bowels and you say, close your eyes and you say, I'm, I'm filling my bowels. I'm filling my stomach. I'm filling Mm -hmm. the lower lobes of my lungs and filling the upper lobes of my lungs. And that takes about a count of four. Then you hold that. And then you reverse the order. I'm releasing from my upper lobes. I'm releasing from the lower lobes. I'm releasing from my stomach. I'm releasing from my bowels. Or you could simply count one, two, three, four, one, two, one, two, three, four. 
In doing that, you lower your blood pressure, you mm -hmm. lower the adrenaline and cortisol, which is forcing you to, to um, which is forcing the bad gut bacteria to make poor choices for you. Yes. Changes your thought because all of a sudden you're thinking about something else. Um, contrary to very popular belief, humans can't think about two things at one time. Yeah. You can either think about the things that are worrying you or you can think about breathing. Yeah, yeah. So it automatically shifts the focus of where you were thinking. Now it creates clarity. Now mm. there's some tranquility and some peace. Now you could think to yourself, I'm not feeling my best about myself right now, but I have some dates and some dark chocolate. I think I'll just have some dates and dark chocolate instead. Yeah. That's okay. Because the sweet taste in Ayurveda, there's six tastes. And the sweet taste is the one that registers in our um, in our mind from uh, hunter-gatherer days as survival. Mm. Now shows up in modern times as confidence, yeah. safety, security, love, <laughs> comforting, comforting, nurturing, yeah. all of those things. Yeah. But because we live in North America, we're not going to gravitate towards mangoes and dates. Yeah. We're going to gravitate towards fried foods, crunchy sure. foods and, um, and candies and things like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wow. you really, you just need to breathe. Yeah. All you got to do, the easiest thing that I could say, the simplest, quickest thing that you could do in any circumstance, no matter where you are, is stop. If you have to remove yourself physically from the situation, because maybe it's an altercation you're going through and you need to just excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and just stand there and take some deep breaths. Yeah. You'll notice instantly. Now you have a clearer mind. Now you could make a decision because now you're not thinking with the experiential brain. Then you'll be in, in the, in the haste, you're thinking with the experiential brain, the mind shows up and says, all right, I got 10,000 files from the last four decades that show every time you feel like this, we've had this, this, and this food. So I'm just going to just tell those guys in the gut, push these buttons. They're going to make it happen. Yeah. But because you're not your mind, it is the keeper of your past experiences and thoughts. You're not the body. The body mm -hmm. is a, a compilation of the five elements. You are the energy that drives the machine. Mm. So because you are the controller of it all, you could say, I've had a couple of seconds to breathe. And actually, I know this is what we did in the past, but I don't live in the past. I live in the present. Yeah. And in the present, I'm going to choose the dates and chocolate instead. Yeah. Gotcha. It's just a matter of breathing to make some cl some clarity. That's all you need. Yeah, and it's I mean it sounds like it's presencing, right? Like it's a, a somatic presencing. Now let me ask you this. So because I think it's good to have like, you know, the different compartments of it. So the being able to get present and, you know, take those breaths and allow yourself to make a, a different choice. Then I think that a lot of us out there would say, now I got to think about how expensive it is to eat healthy. It right? is not. It's not. Tell us about No that. way, shape, or form. You right? can be healthy on any budget. It does not matter. What does matter is how far away is the, how far are you willing to go to get the foods? Mm. You know what I mean? Because in, in, in Canada and in, in the States, there are food deserts. Your government yeah. makes sure that yes. there are food deserts because that's how they keep control over you. Yeah, yeah. So 
if you are able to get to a place that has whole foods, whether they are frozen or fresh, then the cheapest way, the most um, economically efficient way to live a healthy, uh, to, to, to get those healthy foods in is to buy frozen vegetables, mm. not canned. Canned mm. vegetables are pressure cooked in the can. Oh. And so, and they sit in that liquid for months and years at a time. So you're not getting any nutrients. You're better off to get the frozen vegetables because they are picked at the height of ripeness and mm -hmm. flash frozen. Mm -hmm. And they're very, very affordable. Try yeah. as often as possible to get vegetables where you, when you look at it, you could recognize that's a broccoli or that's a yeah. mushroom rather than yeah. the itsy bitsy pieces that you're not sure which side of the bean they chopped off there. <laughs> um, so try to aim for frozen vegetables if fresh, especially if you live where I live in Canada in a colder climates, fruits and vegetables don't get to ripen my country. They're yeah. picked in other people's country and ripen on the truck. They're picked green over there and ripen on the truck and then get to me. Yeah. So during the winter months, I stock my, uh, my freezer and fridge with frozen uh, vegetables as often as possible. Okay. Then buy whole grains, buy your quinoa, buy your uh, rice, not Uncle Ben's, buy rice that takes a minimum of 20 minutes to cook. Black, mm -hmm. brown, red, basmati. It doesn't matter. It does not matter the color of the rice or the quinoa or the millet or the farro or the frica, any whole grain. It doesn't matter. You don't need a lot. When you mm -hmm. go to eat, you only need half a cup a day. So, mm -hmm. you know, you buy a bag of white basmati rice. Great. It's going to cost you about six bucks. But that bag is going to serve you about 20 times. Yeah, yeah. And buy your legumes dry if you can afford it. Um, nothing wrong with canned beans except lentils. Don't buy lentils in a can. They take 15 minutes to cook. Go through the motion and do it. Mm. But if, if canned beans are easier for your life, buy them. So I canned beans over, can't not canned, canned other vegetables, but beans, is there a Correct. difference? It's, okay. it, it's different. It is pressure cooked in the can. It is different. You just got to rinse them because yeah. they're not going to lose their nutrients because they're not as susceptible as vegetables because they're much more delicate. Yeah. So if you want to buy canned beans, go for it. Make sure you read the ingredients. What does it say? It says that it's cooked in its own water, maybe with some salt. If it has lard, if it has any other ingredient except water and salt in that, it's not for you. Yeah, yeah. I tend to buy for, um, because veg, because foods in Canada right now are so expensive in the grocery, um, I, I usually keep a few cans for convenience sake in my cupboard, in my pantry. But what I do is I buy them from dry and mm. I just boil them. And then I put them in freezer bags. Same thing with my, like, my, my whole grains. I was just telling my class this earlier today. When it's dinner time and we're sitting down to have a meal, before we sit down to the meal, I put up a pot of quinoa, a pot of rice, and a pot of lentils. Yeah. And I let them all do their thing because they don't need me to stand there and watch them. So while I'm having dinner, meal prep is going on. Yeah. And I strain them, allow them to cool, put them in Ziploc bags, lay them flat in my freezer. Now there's no excuse. Yeah. The healthy food is there. So the only, and I have the frozen vegetables. So the only fresh thing I actually have to focus on is anything green, lettuces, yeah or collards, something like that. Those need to be buy, need to be bought fresh. 
Yeah. That way you can fit health and well-being into your life. And I always tell my clients, don't fit food into your life. Yeah. It is what you need to live yeah. for, your, for long-term and short-term. So you fit life around your meals, mm. not the other way around. Yeah. yeah. You keep in mind food is fuel and food is self-love. It is the yeah. first step of self-love. So if you have created a day that is so hectic that you don't have time to eat, that is abuse yeah. on the self. Yeah. Do the other thing. Do it the opposite way. Create a structure through your meal prepping and meal planning and so on that allows you half an hour for lunch, half an hour for dinner, and fit your life around that, yeah. not the other way around. You yeah. are not doing anybody any long-term service by doing it the other way around. The most important thing to remember about that is chronic illness. So that could be heart disease. That could be diabetes. That could be cancer. That could be Alzheimer's. That could be a whole long list of 300 things. Takes an average of 20 to 30 years to develop. Mm. So what you're doing today, you're going to either benefit or reap the consequences of it 20 to 30 years from now. Yeah. Alzheimer's takes 40 years to show up because the brain is so magnificent. So yes, there are specific foods that you could eat to combat all of this. The quickest answer, make 80% of your meals whole plant-based foods. Yeah. Make all of your meals whole foods as frequently as possible. So instead of buying um, ground beef for your tacos, um, get chicken thighs. Mm. roast them off and cut them up into slices and use that. Yeah. Throw in some lentils, throw in some walnuts and make a bunch of vegetables, put them on top. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a awesome. chef. Ask me. <laughs> ask me. I'm awesome at what I do. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that people can ask you because in, in what you're sharing and in this discussion, you know, the, I titled the, the show uh, eating your way to a healthy relationship because I, through my own experience, through clients experiences, feel like it, what makes this so important beyond just, you know, whether you can fit into a size six or whatever, or, um, you know, the external things that it does for you. I think, you know, for me, it really affects my mood and how I operate, how I operate with other people. A lot of the people that listen, a lot of the people that I interact with are on a dating journey or they're newly in a relationship. And, um, you know, and I consider myself in that, that as well. I've been in my relationship for about a year and a half. And I notice how when I'm navigating in my relationships and if, how I've navigated in past relationships, when I'm not doing these things that you're talking about, when I'm not focused on, you know, the ways that I can create solutions around food and how I can be healthy around it and how I can develop that healthy relationship with food, what's happening in my love life is mirroring. Right. So I'm either doing addictive things in my love life. I'm having old addictive behaviors. I'm acting like you were talking about out of my fears. I'm feeling in a way that makes it impossible for me to um, uh, focus on what's working. I can only focus on what's not working. And the, the, it, there's so much parallel between how I interact with food with, with how I am in my relationships. And so, you know, my idea, you know, with doing this whole topic is getting getting all of us to have an understanding because I it's crazy because even in knowing it, I just recently have gone through a thing where I start to feel bad about things when I'm not taking care of myself in that way. Like you said, the self-love piece, right? 
we often just throw self-love out there and say, oh, love yourself. And then, you know, then you can love somebody else. But this is specifically how you do it. And what you're talking about with the, the ways that we can actually eat better is specifically the physical steps. And I want to drive this home for people of how we love ourselves so that we can be of a functioning that makes it that we can love someone else, like the filling ourselves up to overflow, right? And these foods that you're talking about, I feel like they fill you up with nutrients and because the cells feel good, they emotionally, you're emotionally affected in a way that you feel uh, stable and sustained and all of the things that make us able to actively love another person. Right. Right. I'll give you a quick example. I've been happily married for 17 years now, but my first marriage was a verbally and emotionally abusive marriage. And I was obese. I was the at the worst um, weight of my life uh, mm. during those eight years of the abusive marriage. And um there was no self-love because I was like a doormat for my then husband and his mother to, um, I'm a, I am, I was raised as, and still am a very strong, independent, confident in my knowledge person. Yeah. But I allowed them at that time in my life to completely crush me like an ant that you, that you crush into the ground. Yeah. And then I started believing the stories that they told me about myself of how worthless I was. And so the food choices that I made reflected how I was feeling internally because I was reaching for foods that would give me that instant, instant, not gratification, but that instant feeling of you're not as worthless as they're saying you are. Yeah. But it was, it's a quick high. Yeah. It's like taking a yep. shot of something. Right. But then as soon as you get that quick high, because this is the first time you're feeling good for the whole freaking day, you do it again and you yeah. do it again and you do it again. Now you've created a response when I've now. So now what's happened, the mind and the gut have talked. The mind has said, I feel like shit. Yeah. What can he sends a message down to the gut gut says these feed does this. We're going to, we're going to create some feelings to match the word you're telling us. So this feeling of worthlessness and listlessness um, and l lack of confidence and, 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 um, and everything else, do these feelings match the word you're telling us? Sends a message back up. So remember, for every one message that the brain sends, the mind, not the brain, the mind sends to the gut, nine messages are sent back up. Mm. The gut that controls it. Yeah. That sends back up to the mind. The mind says, yeah, that's it. Awesome. So now life goes on and you come, come up against a day where you're just not feeling yourself. And um, the mind says, Hey, it's one of those days. The gut guys say, yo, we got this under control. Every time in the past, you've said you felt you set these, these words down. We've pushed these buttons and you said you feel better. So we're going to add the food that we need to push these buttons are the chips and the chocolate and the candy and the pies and the French fries. And your mind says, okay, no worries. I'll tell Candace this is what she needs to order. Great. We get it. We got it. So that's where the self-awareness of taking the deep breath comes in. So for me, in the moment, I went through eight years of it. There was no awareness because yeah. I just needed, I just needed five minutes to feel like a human again. Like I had some value in life. Yeah. And because I am a person of faith, 
my mom and dad raised me in faith. So I was quite literally li living off of my faith saying, just get me from point A to point B and we'll try tomorrow when, if tomorrow comes. Yeah. And eventually I got out of that marriage and then I was able slowly, but surely, because I have, I had faith. I knew that there's a part of me that knew that I deserved better, but I didn't know how to get better. Yeah. And so I reached to my faith and I said, God, just, if you could just show me, help me ask. And my point in saying this, even if it, the person listening is not a person of faith, ask for help. Yeah. If you ask, you don't have to do it all yourself. That is a ridiculous um, statement that has been ingrained in us as independent, strong women that we have to do it all ourselves. That's bullshit. Yeah. You do not. You're surrounded by people because they have been brought into your energy to give you blessings, mm. to share with you. You don't have to do it yourself. Ask for help. It's going to come. I promise if you ask, it's going to come. And mm. for me, it came. And as I started to regain my confidence in myself and my surety, I started making better food choices because I started, I realized, well, I feel it on my tongue for the five seconds it's there. It tastes really good. But then I feel really crappy after. I really don't like the way I feel yeah. after I eat this. How can I make, what is a better choice that I can make? And slowly that the gut, the, as you improve the gut health by making better choices, then the mind has to now store that memory. Oh, now instead of going for the French fries, now we eat dates and chocolate. Okay? Yeah. yeah. No problem. The problem hasn't gone away. You've gotten better at becoming more resilient to how you show up for that problem. So yeah. then when there is resilience within you, then you make better choices. Then you improve the gut health of your, of your, um, your microbiome. And then overall your mental and physical health changes, but it has to start with you wanting it. Yeah. I wanted in those years of misery, I knew I deserved better. I wanted better for myself. I didn't know where to start. So I reached out for help in my, in, in my case, help came from God directly. Yeah. But in terms of uh, how I, I started looking at myself for other people, if you're not a person of faith, that's fine too. It's in you. Yeah. The soul is asking, is telling you, ask for help. You know, Sally, Sally, Sally runs a, Sally's a therapist or Sally's a hairdresser. And she listens anytime I sit in her chair, she'll listen to me. And she actually says some things that really they matter. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll call Sally. Mm -hmm. Ask for help. It will come. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I love that. And also too, if you are a person of faith, sometimes God uses other people as your vessel. <laughs> he always does, right? Because right? God is in everybody and everything. So if you ask for help, I remember this one time, a quick story during COVID, one of my best friends, she was, um, she's a, she's got two jobs. She's a working mother of three plus her husband. Anyways, it was COVID time. She works with sick and ailing people. So she was like overwhelmed, completely yeah. overwhelmed and a pipe broke in the house and she had to call the plumber and her husband couldn't get away from work and blah, 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 blah. And she needed to get groceries. And I happened to go be going to Costco and she called me and she's crying and crying here. Like, I just, I can't deal with this anymore. It's just too much. Yeah. And I still got to go to the grocery. And I said, Christina, I live at the grocery. I'm there every day. They know me on a personal basis because I'm there. Why, how could you be so selfish to not think, 
to call me and say, Key, when you're going to the grocery, pick these things up for me. You don't mm. think that I would do that for you? Yeah. You have a your pipe broke. You don't have to fix it. Why didn't you call me or your mom or somebody else and say, I need help? Yeah. Can one of you help me? Why are you so selfish? And she was shocked when I called her selfish because she's yeah. not selfish at all. But well, because oftentimes when people are lone part. wolf, they won't like, oftentimes they feel like they're doing a favor by not asking for help. But that's like, not, I, you're I not. Had that no, you're because not. Because like, people in your circle to bring blessings, it is a blessing that you are giving another person to yeah. allow them to help you. Being so why am I going to deny that? Yeah, it's the circle of, of it's the giver. It's funny because it's an energy exchange. Everything is energy. Yes, but it's I was just energy. listening to a book today. It's called The, the Go-Giver. There's a couple, The Go-Giver, The Go-Giver Marriage and The Go-Giver uh, Business Person or whatever. And it talks specifically about that. And, and the reason that, and I get what you're saying about it being selfish. And the reason that someone who doesn't ask for help, because I was a, I'm a recovered lone wolf. Is because in, in your mind, right, you're thinking that you are doing a favor by not ever needing, that you are helping the people around you by not ever needing. And that actually is is the worst. It's almost as bad as as never giving anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Like not ever needing is as bad as not ever giving. Like like you said, how you, how you going to how you going to serve? Excuse me. How are you going to give from an empty cup? If you exactly. have not allowed anybody to fill your cup, how yeah. are you going to give to somebody else? Yeah. You're going to run dry. Yeah. It's the energy exchange. Like you mentioned, it's the energy exchange. It's the natural way of life exactly. is that ability to exchange energy. It is yeah. you, you said it. It is the natural way of life. Give and take. There has to be that energy exchange. Otherwise, we, otherwise you develop auto, autoimmune disorders. Yeah. Just FYI. It's true. When it's you true. have, when you, I'm living proof of it. My sister-in-law who had multiple sclerosis and we healed her from that. Same thing. All of my clients who've had energy, um, who've had autoimmune disorders. If you insist on being the person who has to do everything, that shows lack of trust. Yeah. That puts way too much pressure on yourself, and it creates havoc and chaos within the mind, which then settles into weak spots that create this idea of becoming a people pleaser, which is one of the things that. Um, all people who have developed autoimmune disorders have yeah. and speaking from personal experience. So yeah, ask for help. That's why people are around you. Yeah. Allow yeah. that love to flow. Self-love, self-love, self-love is not getting a manicure and pedicure. I'm sorry. Right. It's I always say that too. <laughs> it's but not that external food. stuff. Although there's nothing wrong with those things. Not it's at all. Because is. beauty is part of self-love too. But, yeah. can you, but can you, my question is, can you, Look, can you look at yourself and love yourself just the way you are? Just because we were talking about this before we started. I am worthy because I exist. Yeah. Because of the 8 billion people that are on this planet, there is only one of me, mm. which makes me worthy, unique, and valuable because I am of one of a kind. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter if I need to lose 20 pounds. I know I need to lose 20 pounds. That's not your business. That's my business. Leave that with me. Yeah. And it's more important if I show up loving myself because I cannot, coming back to what your whole podcast is about, 
And you said it over and over. You cannot love somebody else if you don't love yourself. Why? Energy exchange. Yeah. If the vibe you are putting out is that I am not valuable, then you are going to attract because like attracts like. Mm -hmm. You are going to attract those who tune into that radio station of I am not worthy. Yeah. But the minute you start to feel your self-worth because you are a unique creature on this earth, unlike anything else ever in the past of human history. And once you leave this earth ever to exist again in human history, if you remember that and you start to show up with that self-love that I am worthy because I exist, then those who are meant to be in your life, will resident will find that radio station tune in and show up absolutely absolutely which brings us to the question the big question i ask everyone <laughs> tell us what is it that you love the most about being a woman of color um as i had mentioned before in the chat uh before we started in my whole life nobody has ever asked me that question i think yeah. it's the most brilliant question that you could ask somebody Thank you. And the answer is everything. Yeah. Being a woman of color is my pride and joy, especially me specific, speaking of me specifically, because I am Canadian. So I have all the Canadian culture. Mm -hmm. I am of, I, my parents are from Trinidad and the Caribbean. So I am, I am Trinidadian. I am Caribbean. That's another set of culture. And I am of Indian descent. That's another set of culture. Yeah. So being a woman of color is the greatest thing in life for me because I have so much, so much culture, tradition and heritage, so much strength yeah. and power in that because of the oppression that my ancestors went through from the time the British we're in India, ruling India and treating my ancestors like they were nothing mm -hmm. to then my my ancestors um, replacing your ancestors in the Caribbean after uh, after um, slavery was abolished. They picked they went to India and they picked us up and they brought us under the guise of indentured laborship, which is a fancy way of saying slavery. Yeah. yeah. So having all this generational trauma, but you could I choose on most days to not look at it as generational trauma and more of triumph. Mm. I get to sit here on this stage with you because mm. my ancestor got on a boat and survived the seven seas, survived um, uh, the, the type of slavery, slavery that they endured in Trinidad for my parents to get on a plane and fly to Toronto so that I could be here today and speak yeah. about how incredible it is to be a woman of color living and thriving because of my ancestors, because of the choices they made, I get to be who I am. And I'm truly grateful for that every moment of every day. I wouldn't have it any other way. God knows what he's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> nature, the one thing about nature that I could say is nature makes no mistakes. I love it, Kieran. That's a beautiful, beautiful response to that question. I love asking that question because like we were talking about before, I feel like it's not asked enough because it's always the natural inclination is to think that, that being a woman of color, being a woman, being of color is a problem in some mm -hmm. way. And I, we want to dispel that narrative. 
because it's actually an, I had a friend one time say to me, um, and, and I, it wasn't that she meant to sound, I don't think she meant to sound like she sounded, <laughs> but she's European descent. And she said, well, you know, we were having a, a political discussion about, you know, being a black person in America. And she said something about, well, you know, if you had the choice, you wouldn't be right. Or, or something like it was like a. If you had the choice, you would, you would, you wouldn't be a, be. You black wouldn't put America. yourself through that, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, yeah, and she you probably know, didn't mean it to be like a. No, negative. she totally meant it to be like a well-meaning. And I said that absolutely not. Like, I if I had the choice, I would be me again. Like, if yeah. I had the choice, I would be a black woman again. And I think the reason that that she felt like that was the case is because there's such a narrative that because we stand out against oppression, because we stand up against, you know, uh, what our, our ancestors went through, that we are somehow complaining about being Black or that we are somehow devaluing uh, the experience of being Black as if it's something that we feel burdened by. And some sometimes we do and some people do. But I think, you know, to change that narrative so that it's us us really expressing a love for, like we're always talking about self-love, mm -hmm. a love for who we are and how we are just because, like you said, just because we exist, yeah. because of everything, I love it. Because, uh, you know, my ancestors dealt with what they dealt with. I love being a Black woman because of my culture. I like how you mentioned, the, you know, the different origins of your culture. Because of that, I, I love it. I love being a black woman. I love being a woman of color. That's the narrative I want to be pushing. And so thank you for that answer. There's nothing more important than when we know who we are and we know our own value. We don't need for anybody else to get it. Even those who would, would want to oppress, they all of a sudden become powerless because there's a value that's inherent, right? There's a, there's a value in how we, how we move about the world that becomes inherent and it's protective once we realize like how valuable we actually are. But here's the thing, we have gone over. Oh <laughs> gosh, yes. I feel we like totally, we could talk all day. So we totally could. I wanna make sure that we we give everybody a takeaway. Like what is the one thing, if, if no one remembered anything else about this conversation, what is the one thing that you'd wanna make sure that someone walked away with today, as far as, uh, you know, Ayurveda and what it can do for your life? And your, um, and your relationships. I think it's what you said. If there, if you feel love for yourself, and even if love is too, too strong of a word that you could, that you are using right now because of your, your past life, your past situations, and even maybe possibly your current, if you could like yourself mm. as much as you like your loved ones, then you can, that is the start, the first step in making better choices for mm. yourself. Take up simple meal planning. You, it doesn't need to, as we said, it doesn't need to be expensive. Frozen vegetables, canned beans, keep it simple. You don't need to make big elaborate meals and you'll find that your grocery bill will go down. Yeah. As soon as you can alter that gut health, everything else falls into place. So it really has to start with do you see value in your existence? Not based on what you have been conditioned to know about yourself, but how you in your quiet time, when you are talking to your soul, do you find value? Because I tell you, there are, I could name it probably 100 people that see value in you. That's why they keep showing up for you. So if you could see that value in yourself, 
then that's the, that's the first step. Yeah. I love that. That's perfect. And so how can people get to you? How can people find you? Sure. They want you to learn find how to me. do recipes. Right. Sure, I got, sure. I, let me just say, if I got frozen vegetables and a can of beans, I'm going to need a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> and I could do a world of things with that. Oh, good. Um, so, so you could follow me on Instagram, which uh, the handle is, is keys, K-I-S underscore kitchen. You could follow me on Facebook. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash kitchen key. The website is Keys Kitchen, that's K-I-S Kitchen, all one word, dot com. You can send me an email anytime you like at info at Keys Kitchen. Um, or you can send me a message on Facebook Messenger. I have a lot of people who, when they're in the grocery and they're not sure what to buy, they pick something up. They just take the front and back of the item and send it to me. Hey, Key, can I use this? Is, it, is this going to kill me or is this okay for me? And I'll yeah. respond right away and say, yeah, that's great. Or oh, that's not really for you today. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's an awesome service. <laughs> yeah, because well, I mean, it, the the knowledge that I'm privileged to be the keeper of should be common knowledge. Yeah, you shouldn't wait until you're broken and have to go see a white coat to get this. We're all about right. Ayurveda is all about prevention. Yeah. So that's need- how we pay in the end. I mean, even if you got good health insurance, you know, like people who think that that eating processed food and cheap foods is actually cheaper. The way you pay in the end is with the sicknesses and the illnesses and that's the right. OTCs and all the things that you got to do to take care of yourself around not having. Big Pharma will always win if you give them a chance. Right. They really will. Yeah. And they them. don't care because they're all about money. Yeah. So, yeah, if you if if I could share this knowledge with you so that you can even have a smidgen of it to be more preventative, to take more preventative action for your friends and your family and so on. Great. So whether you're taking, you book a private cooking class with me or you join one of my classes, for example, I have um, my gut health class. It's going to be a 23 day master course on gut health. It starts in January on January 15th, ends in February. Everything's going to be recorded. Uh, If you sign up during boxing day, we have the early bird pricing. Otherwise it goes back up to full price. So that's on the website. Um, if you happen to live in, in Toronto, then buy some of my meals that will automatically, I've had so many people who have IBS, IBD, ulcerative colitis, all kinds of gut health problems that all stem from anxiety. Mm. When they eat my meals, it heals their gut. They're no longer on low FODMAP diets. They're no longer on pills, nothing, nothing. Just take action, put yourself on the priority list. Yeah. Put your at least put your name on the list. Right now, <laughs> most of us don't even know how to spell our name on that list. Right. <laughs> Putting ourselves number one, I can't even see myself doing that yet. Yeah. But now yeah. I know how to put my name on the list. Right. Of the priorities in life. Take those steps. Do it. Thank you so much, Chef Key. Thanks for having me. It has been an absolute joy and pleasure and blessing. Yeah. Um, happy holidays to all of your um, to all of your listeners, and remember that you're born from love and joy. So live that way. All right, my sweetheart. I'm gonna put you backstage for a second. I'm gonna sign off with everybody. Don't go anywhere. Thank you so much, Chef Key. Mwah, 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 mwah. I loved having you. Thank you. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, everybody, that was so fantastic. We love Chef Key, and we are going to learn so much about Ayurvedic food. I definitely am. She doesn't know it, but I'm going to be picking her brain because I think this is the road that I need to take to get more um, structure around it. So listen, don't forget about the Meet Your Bay by New Year's Day five-day challenge. The doors are opening today, everybody. The doors are opening today. I want you to sign up. It's a free five-day challenge. We're going to get together. We're just going to, you know, get online. It's for single professional women of color who are all about their soft girl era, want a healthy relationship where they are seen, heard, accepted, and loved, and want to have an amazing time doing that, finding that relationship in a supportive sisterhood. I want you to sign up now. I'm going to make sure that the, the link is here on the screen. I'm going to make sure that it's in the description wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast. And I'm going to be posting it all over the place. So I want you to sign up. Doors won't be open for long because the challenge is from December 26th to 30th. It's a free five-day challenge. You can do it from anywhere that you are. So if you go on Christmas vacation or New Year's vacation, you can still do it. It's going to be fun. It's not going to be a lot of homework. You're not going to have to you know, do anything that takes up your free time. You can still enjoy the holidays. In fact, you're going to be able to apply what we're doing to your holiday festivities. And also, you can go to my website to sign up, CandiceHarperLoveCoach.com. That's it. Thank you for being here. Renita, I saw where you commented. She said, yes, please help us get out of that place. I know you're talking about that place of addictive eating. And thank you, Renita, for uh, commenting. I'm sorry we didn't get to interact a little bit more, but we can come back and do that in the comments. If you're watching later, definitely comment. Both I and Chef Key will come and respond to your comments and interact with you later on when you're watching the show. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so, so much for, for participating, watching. I see the hearts. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, keep being unapologetically lovable and don't forget to give yourself grace. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Bye now. Love you. Bye.